0: Well, hey, everybody. Yesterday, I had the profound privilege of interviewing Camille Cates. As you heard her story unfold yesterday, it's a story of tragedy, but it's also a story of triumph. And today I'm going to air part two of my interview. We're going to talk a little bit more about her family now and how God brought her from a very dark place in her life to finding hope and healing that is only available because of the gospel. This is going to be a powerful conversation. You have found the Heidi St. John podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged so Camille thank you for coming back on the show today you told your story yesterday which I was just telling you off camera that I, I'd, I hadn't read your story I mean I read that you were reading you know that you're ministering to women who are post-abortive so I knew that you'd had an abortion I had no idea that your daughter had been murdered and sexually assaulted by a boy that you'd been dating, and so you you came into your abortion with a lot of trauma and grief, and really the enemy just did a double whammy on you, right? Because you really got pressured into this, and now uh, God brings then God brings an amazing man, a godly man into your life. Boy, what a difference, right? A godly man makes. It's yeah. just uh, such. A, I'm also married to a wonderful godly man who spent uh, time just trying to pick me up and help, help, you know, working really in tandem with the Lord to sort of put me back together. And it's, it's a powerful, powerful thing. So yesterday when we left off, you had talked about, uh, being young in your marriage and how that abortion that you had 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 was really wreaking havoc on your marriage. So let's pick it up there. How, when you say that, that your abortion was wreaking havoc in your marriage, what do you mean? Yeah.
1: So I, I was living every day under the fear that God was not going to let me have another baby Mm. or get pregnant again. And so um, that became just a a dominating influence in our marriage and caused a lot of um, tension. And it was just, it was just really, it was a hard probably first three years of our marriage. Mm. And, um, but God, again, in his mercy, as he always um, is faithful to do. Uh, We were serving in a church together and I went down with a women's group to a women's conference. And um, I was actually, I'd actually, it's interesting, honey, I had gotten pregnant by that time. Um, So I was pregnant, eight months pregnant with our oldest daughter now. And I was, I was at this women's conference and I just thought, God, I was seeing some really great speakers. It was a great time with these women, but I was eight months pregnant and really, really miserable um, physically. So I'm just like, God, why am I here? Um, I've got to be here for a reason. And, you know, as a lot of um, pregnant women do, I had to go to the bathroom a lot. Yes. Um, So I I went um, up and was looking at the booths while I was up there. I thought, you know, I made the trip to go up these stairs, eight eight months pregnant. I'm going to sit here. In the vendor hall. In the vendor hall. Nobody was there. Everybody was in session. Nice. And so all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this booth with this picture. And it's a painting. And it just drew me in. And as I got closer and closer, I started getting a little more agitated concerned um when i got up close it was a picture of a woman coming out of an abortion clinic Mm -hmm. in tears and the title of the painting was to go in one comes out and i just remember because i knew that the lord had forgiven me i did know that um i just thought is this one of those kind of ministries that like is here to shame women and um those types of things and so i grabbed the literature and i i picked it up real quick i didn't want anybody to see me at the abortion table right so um at the at the post post abortion um ministry table so i i go to the bathroom and i'm just reading this literature and i'm seeing about how the lord wants to heal those who are brokenhearted, even from the sin of abortion, Mm -hmm. and that it was um, a ministry by women who were post-abortive, and I just felt like this is why I'm here. So I got involved um, in that Bible study, and it was transformational, and Heidi, there's a lot of Bible studies, a lot of material um, that are meant to help uh, women and men after abortion, but a lot of them leave out the gospel, And the the gospel is our hope and our healing and what sanctifies us. Yes. And so, getting into this Bible study that was so gospel-centered, it was saturated with the Word, uh, and working through that. By the time I got done with the Bible study, my husband looked at me and he said, "You are a completely different woman." Wow. And I think he was thinking, "It's about time," (laughs) you know. (laughs) It's about time. (laughs) Yeah, like, praise Jesus. So, (laughs) You know, I, and I had a hunger for God's word like never before. Uh, Growing up in the church, I, you know, I just kind of, I knew verses here and there, but I wasn't really grounded in the word. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes such a difference for why we struggle with what we go through and what life brings at us and 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 in our own suffering. So true. We're not grounded in the word.
0: Well, and, and this is where, where so many uh, people today are like, no, nah, I'm sorry, I just can't accept the, your God because why would God allow you know, suffering? Why would he allow your daughter to be shaken to death? Why would he allow uh, you know, all of these things that come into our life? And you and I were talking about this before the show. We live in a broken world. This is not the world that God created. And the gospel explains Jesus, who uh, saw the brokenness that we loved us so much, God said, that he sent Jesus into the world. It's it's a beautiful story of redemption, and we need to continue to tell the story. The gospel changes everything.
1: It does. What would we do without him?
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: without without him walking with us through yeah. our pain. Yeah, to be our comforter and our healer. So yeah.
0: it's so true. Thankful. So you 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 have this baby, you have your daughter, right? Yes. And how it, when that happens. Does it, I'm, I'm curious to know how this, how this, this birth of this, this little one impacts your marriage. Yeah,
1: it, you know, it was, it was good. I was thankful going through, and I think that's why it's important for women and men who have an abortion experience to really process it biblically. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I, I was, by the time I had her, I was ready you know, and I, I knew that the Lord had forgiven me, but I didn't know his biblical healing but that he had. So to that. Yeah. And it's so, but, yeah. yeah, by the time we had her, uh, you know, I it was really just a, a delight with the Lord. But at the same time, it was bringing back all of these memories. Like, I, I remember taking her to my parents' house for the first time and sitting in there with... um She's in her baby swing, and I'm sitting there thinking about the baby um, that was aborted and what that baby would be like. And so, you know, if if I hadn't had that foundation, that's where a lot of women and men become can become really undone and not have any support from God's word, from the Holy Spirit, from the body of Christ to help put them back together. Um, so... We hear I was really a narrative, thinking.
0: I think, so much in the culture right now from the abortion industry, right, and people who would say, well, it's, you know, my body, my choice, and which of course is a lie because it's not your body, right, <laughs> somebody else's, right. but I'm curious to know, you know, what you say to people, because I, I hear this a lot, you know, that uh, we want to, you know, abortion is... There's nothing wrong with abortion that it's, you know, it saves the mother from, you know, the 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 pain or the struggle, especially if, like, let's say a woman has been raped and she gets pregnant from rape, which we know is, you know, like 1%, less than 1% of all the abortions, usually abortions right. are done out of convenience. But there are these narratives, these lies in the culture that abortion uh, has no impact on a woman. You just go and you have an abortion. We hear all these Hollywood, you know, uh, figures, you know, shout your abortion and all these movements. But the truth is that abortion is devastating to women. That an abortion, you've actually told a woman to take the life of her own child. Women are are wired 100% the other direction. We would give our lives for our children. And yet abortion tells a woman, oh, that doesn't matter. You push that voice to the side. This is just a blob of tissue. Speak to that. Uh, speak to that because I, I feel like that is one of the, the reasons why this continues to be, be perpetuated even in our churches, which is unthinkable.
1: Well, and I, I think a lot of times that, that opposite swing of the culture to be like, shout your abortion. It's a way to throw off the condemnation
0: and the shame that they feel and the yes. shame and the
1: guilt that comes with that instead of turning to Christ,
0: you know, in him, we
1: know there is no condemnation yes. um, in him. Uh, but I, you know, I think as far as, you know, we want to justify what's happened, but we feel it, you you feel it. And, then, you know, Heidi, it's really interesting. We're in a generation that's almost like Split now, mm-hmm. uh, because more, more and more abortions. I think over half of them now are performed through medication abortion. Yeah. That's not my experience. My mm-hmm. experience is a surgical abortion.
0: Which so- even the medical uh, or these uh, the medicines you can get it, you know, Rite Aid or CVS pharmacy. Yeah. These are yeah. devastating. I mean, the, what it does to the, a woman's body, what you have to go through, and sort of the privacy of your own home, delivering a baby into a toilet, all these mm-hmm. things. It's really. Devastating, and we're whitewashing it.
1: It is, and it and it really turns the abortion clinic. Like I walked into a physical abortion clinic. Now the home
0: yeah. has
1: become the abortion clinic, and that woman walks by her bathroom every day.
0: Yeah, Boy, I never and she's got
1: to think about that experience that she had on the toilet. What did she do with her baby? I mean, that was a real struggle for me, and. Um, something, you know, I had a surgical abortion, something that was a little odd to me at the time was after my abortion experience, the nurse said, do you want to see your baby? (gasps) And for whatever reason, I said, yes, I want to see my baby. So she brings, she brings this little white dish and I can see my baby and his little eyes, and his little nose, and his little hands and fingers, uh-huh. and his feet and toes, and his is just severed in half. And you know, I think a lot of people that are that are pro-choice, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that part of my story because it legitimizes. I think I I was about ten or eleven weeks in gestation. I mean, I, I could perfectly so see this perfectly formed little, formed little body. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't until years later that it dawned on me, all, all of a sudden, I thought, what did they do with my baby? What did they do with my baby's body? You know, and then it just hit me. And had I not had that grounding in God's word, again, I think I would have just been yeah. totally undone. But yeah, because I'm i to imagine had- the
0: women that try to deal with this without the forgiveness of Christ right it's right just un, it's, it's too much
1: and i think they just suppress it mm-hmm. they suppress it and, and stuff it down but it it finds its way out in our marriages and our parenting mm-hmm. and our everyday relationships and mm-hmm. um you know so mm-hmm. yeah
0: it's today's world is different from the world we were raised in as kids families are more divided than ever in many homes screens are raising the kids more so than the parents. Kids don't spend as much time outside. Family activities are few and far between and the family unit continues to be broken down brick by brick. Fostering intentional family time, teaching truth and traditional values, cultivating healthy family habits, that is how you leave a family legacy and build a strong family. Brave book subscriptions include a new book every month along with corresponding family activities and lessons. Each book teaches a faith-based value such as the sanctity of life, discernment, or perseverance. Go to bravebooks.com right now and use the promo code HEIDI for 20% off your Brave Books family subscription. You have it. You, you're doing uh, just incredible, incredible work uh, in the kingdom. You've written a book called Moving Forward After Abortion. And each chapter in this book is addressing common question that women ask following an abortion, what are some of the questions that you're covering in the book?
1: So um, one of the questions is, who can I turn to after an abortion? Mm-hmm. And I know that our Sunday school answer would be God. Well, of course, but a lot of women have turned away to talk- from Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And, and we need, yeah, we, we need good, caring mm-hmm. people to come alongside us and support us in that season. And then, um, like I've touched on already a little bit, is God going to punish mm-hmm. me for my abortion? So we talk about the nature of God and how that's not in his nature, and that Christ took our punishment for sin on the cross. And so, um, you know, God's heart towards us is, is Father God and, and to love and, and to forgive us. Um, A lot of women get stuck in, why can't I just move on? And a lot of times that goes back to justification. You know, they're stuck in that, not quite wanting to take responsibility. I mean, my parents pressured me, but Heidi, at the end of the day, I was an adult. I got, I I went to the clinic, you know, I laid there, I had the procedure that, that was on me. So, uh, but I think a lot of people don't realize that there are other players too mm-hmm. in that choice and working through those emotions. So um, that's another mm-hmm. chapter is, why will I ever stop mm-hmm. feeling this way? And so we walk, work through a lot of those emotions with
0: uh, them. You know, abortion obviously focuses on women. Uh, we hardly ever talk about men. Uh, I saw a story recently of a, a, a father who was standing outside of an abortion clinic in South Carolina just begging his girlfriend not to go in there. You know, just begging her please don't do this, please don't do this, just sobbing and crying just beside himself, right? As these you know, abortion clinic workers come out and escort, they call them, you know, the clinic escorts, they escort this young girl into the clinic and he is just wrecked out on out outside of the clinic begging her not to do this. And we often forget you know, that there are men, we, you know, the culture tells men, you don't get to talk to the, talk about this issue because it's a woman's body, but it takes a man and a woman to make a baby, you know, and you know, uh, right. I realize we're living in a culture right now that can't define a woman, but it takes a man and a woman, right. To make a baby. And, and so these are not okay. just men in this case, these are fathers. And, uh, you talk about them right in the book as, uh, forgotten.
1: Yeah. well I, I like to talk about our, you know, these forgotten fathers and typically they're kind of one, one or the other. They either got their girlfriend pregnant and she's decided, like you described, yeah, wanted to have an abortion to. and they don't want mm-hmm. her to do that. But then there's the, the other men
0: pressure who, their girlfriends. That's an easy yeah.
1: fix for yeah. them. Yeah. Like I can get out of this. I Let's yeah. fix this. And I think they feel, you know, in talking to a lot of men who've had that experience, they feel that um, the sin of seduction that they, you know, they pressured their girlfriend to have sex with them. And then now she's pregnant and they want to fix that. But, um, I I remember talking with a couple and their marriage was just a mess. And he just thought he was like, she would be better off without me because of what I made her do and having yeah. that abortion she was so embittered for years and, and years understandably and years, so right?
0: right i mean you can you can see why yeah yes. yeah
1: yeah. So,
0: yeah yeah so you're so, talking you're talking specifically to these these fathers i think it's so important that we stop erasing men from the abortion conversation but you call abortion rightly sin uh, in your book and you explained that it's important that we can we can find healing by confessing this to the Lord as sin. What does that look like?
1: I think it it looks like being honest with the Lord and I, I think you know Heidi, the taking of mm-hmm. a human life, I think it just resonates so deeply within us and there's so much shame you know when you've taken the life of another yeah. image bearer and a life that you know was your, baby, but, um, you know, being able to come and bring that, bring that from darkness into the light before a God who loves you, who made you, who knows, um, you know, a lot of times I'll walk through Psalm 139, not just about the baby, but also about the woman and, and how God knows her and the baby intimately. And anyway, you know, just the forgiveness that God offers to us, but I think a lot of two, times too, women get stuck in thinking just the act of abortion. Like, I, God's forgiven me for my abortion, but there was idolatry at the heart behind that. And I, I think a lot of times women get stuck because they're not bringing the heart behind that. Was it, you know, because I was afraid that I wasn't going to get to finish my oh, education? I see what you're because I gave yeah. into the pressure. Or what other people or, would think of you know, me. Finances, or how would other My reputation. Right. right. All of those. And those are mm-hmm. sins too. At the heart level. At the thought level. And we need to bring those before the Lord. And confess so those good. as well. And find
0: his forgiveness. Yeah, you talk healing. about forgiveness and healing. And I guess that brings me to another question. Is it possible? Because there's people who would say no. Is it is it possible to completely leave Uh, you know, find the forgiveness and healing and and grace of the Lord, which you obviously have, is it possible to leave, uh, completely leave your abortion behind you? Can you leave it in the past?
1: Yeah, I, you know, you can, and Christ died to completely save us. Not, there's no
0: residual sin except for and this like, one uh, except for this one yeah that one, one that one's gonna yeah. haunt you for the rest right. of your life that one you can't find freedom from yeah right
1: right and so i think when you come before the lord and acknowledge um just the sin and the rebellion for me psalm mm. 25 was such a sweet passage to walk through because it says don't lord please don't remember the rebellious mm. sins of my youth And just to have that candor with God to come before him and um, be able to move past it. But also, I like to say, Heidi, too, it's good for me to see my abortion in the rearview mirror. Because it reminds me that I have a Savior who loves me, who forgives me, uh, who's comforted me, who heals me, who walks with me. And so um, you want to leave it in the past and not... Uh, wear that condemnation mm-hmm. anymore? But you don't want to forget why we need why we need the gospel so much for our sin, all sin. So we can move forward from it uh, and leave it in the past. But if you haven't worked through it and processed it before the to Lord, biblically,
0: it, it's going to stay with yeah, you in the present. It's really true. It's it's very true. If you could say, got about a minute left. If you could if you could speak to a woman. Who's listening to this, or maybe there's a friend listening and she knows, you know, her best friends walk through an abortion and she's struggling with it. Uh, if you could say just one thing to that woman who's starting her journey, moving forward post-abortive, uh, post, post-abortion, what would you say? I would
1: encourage her to trust the Lord in the process. He is faithful. He is true. He's comforter. Um, A lot of times I think we're afraid to bring that back up before the Lord and unleash all of the emotions that come with it. But God is faithful to meet you right where you're at with his word and the power of his spirit to help you find that hope and healing. Just trust him in the process.
0: It is worth it. it. I actually love that you're not afraid to let the emotions sort of carry the conversation um, because it's real. You know, and even though you have found healing, and you know that the Lord's not—you know—you're not living under that condemnation. We still live with the results of the consequences of choices that we have made. There's a difference between, you know, recognizing, okay, we did this, and we also know that we've, but we we live in forgiveness, right? We don't live under condemnation. And one of the things I so love about you, uh, Camille, is that you're letting the Lord take what the enemy meant for evil and use it for good. And it's going to bring hope and healing to thousands and thousands of women. And hopefully men too, who are listening to this, we need to have honest conversations. Abortion hurts women. Obviously it takes the life of an innocent human being, an image bearer, but it also hurts women and it hurts men. And it's, uh, and we need to have conversations about it that are more honest. And I so appreciate it. You know, I came from a, a very difficult background. And sometimes I'll share my story at a conference or whatever, and I'll find myself weeping. And it's not that I'm that I'm still just living in this pain and this hurt. It's I think partly it's like, thank you, Lord, that you saw me there, that you picked me up, that you lifted me out of that thing and set my feet. Thank you for this wonderful man that you brought into my life. Thank you for my my marriage. Thank you for my children. And it's a it's a gratefulness, but you have demonstrated so beautifully. That uh, God wants to use us in our brokenness, He wants to use our stories, and He will He'll make ashes, or He'll make beauty out of ashes. and I, I, I love your story. I, I love your heart, like I said, I'm sitting here' talking to you, and I'm just having like goosebumps the whole time because the Holy Spirit is so powerfully working through you. So thank you so much. Where can people find you online? Because you have a really awesome thank ministry you. to women. Where can people find you?
1: They can go to a grittygospellife.com. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, a gritty gospel life. So gritty gospel life. That is a
0: great, a great name for a website, a gritty gospel life. It reminds me of the ragamuffin gospel, you know, and we, we tell people all the time, like the Lord came for us who are broken, you know, to find us in our brokenness and say, I'm right here. I love you. I love you. You know, this is the Lord of heaven's armies come back to me and you have a beautiful story uh, to share Camille. And I just, I thank you for it. Thank you for coming on the show, and I hope I get to talk to you again next time I'm in Kentucky, which I will be, because I'm coming back to, uh, I'll be speaking again for Answers in Genesis, so I'd love to be able to hug your neck. Thank you for coming Great. on the show.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Heidi.
0: Take care. For more information on my guest today, you can go to com forward slash podcast, scroll down, and I will link to all things uh, Camille in the show notes today. Camille Cates has an incredible testimony. I hope you guys will share it far and wide. You can visit her online again at agrittygospellife.com. I hope this is encouraged you guys. Love your people well. We serve a Savior who is worth following and worth loving. You can give Him your life. You can trust Him with it. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and faith.